0: the stretch Four nba podcast with your host dan titus and nba experts alex burns zach hanshu and adam koffler what's good nba fans dan titus here with the stretch Four nba podcast ready to deliver probably one of the most Compelling episodes we've had yet. I mean, it's we're two weeks out from the playoffs here. So this is where you really want to get the true source of your of your information, your strategy to win your fantasy league. This is what we pride ourselves on. So we're gonna be digging in the trenches here to give you guys some potential league winning opportunities. So for today's episode, we're gonna go through some concerning injuries to some significant star players, what you need to monitor and possibly consider for the weeks ahead as well as, you know, being that the playoffs are only two weeks away, who is worth the weight and who are we cutting bait? So we're going to discuss some players that we think you need to take off of your roster and potentially roster if you're going to make that run for that championship. So included with that is also going to be some top waiver ads. You know, rostering percentage, it doesn't matter anymore. We're we're in the thick of it. It's survival of the fittest. It's go time. And then finally, if we have some time, we'll get into Burnsy's mailbag. So just wanted to start off the show, guys first off how's everyone doing today what's up and you got me ready to run through a wall man
1: i'm ready to <laughs> yeah. go brother that was that was fire dude let's get it
2: you were I mean, you're out here you're out here rapping like hands shoe last week <laughs>
3: <laughs> let me just say i just realized this is our 10th episode we're in the double digits now
2: does that wow, mean dude, does dude. that
0: mean we we officially made it guys i think so i don't know all right Is this what it feels like? It feels pretty good. So some of the injuries, it's going to go down real quick. Last night, Jalen Brown left the game for the Celtics with a knee contusion. He did limp off to the locker room. Reportedly, Brad Stevens says he looks like it's not going to be a significant injury, but I don't know if you guys saw anything on the the Twitter sphere, but any concern on Jalen Brown going forward? And what does this mean for Evan Fournier, who probably was a drop before news of Jalen Brown's knee injury? So I think Evan Fournier is still a drop Dan. He, he, can't, he was he, he played a little
2: bit. he played a little bit, uh, got some minutes after Jalen Brown went down there, uh, shot a ridiculous seven for eleven from three, had two rebounds and literally nothing else. So the only way Evan Fournier at this point on the Celtics provides value is if he's hitting threes at a rate of sixty to seventy percent. So for me, if there's a guy out there on the waiver wire uh, that we're gonna talk about in a little bit, That uh, it's got a lot of potential. I would absolutely cut bait on Fournier if, especially if Brown's injury is more of a a day-to-day situation.
3: I want to push back on that for a second because I'm going to use your own words against you a couple episodes ago. So you're really high on Buddy Heald because he has a solid role, right? If you look at Evan Fournier, he's played 30 plus minutes in all three games since joining Boston, so he's he's getting play. His first game, 0 of 10. I don't think that's going to happen again. Like that was just a disgusting game. He didn't even score. He was a meme all over Twitter. I don't think that's going to happen too much in the future. And he's got double digit shot attempts in two to three games. So if Jalen Brown does miss some time, which, you know, might not be a significant injury, might not going to be like weeks or anything, but if he does miss a couple of games, I'm Evan Fournier is someone that I want to wait on. I don't want to cut him right now. I want to wait and see what's going to happen. He gets buckets. Uh, they traded for him for a reason. So, uh, they're trying so, to the actually,
2: so I've, I've compared Devin Booker to Tim Hardaway Jr. before, and that's a little bit harsh In all seriousness, with Fournier coming off the bench for the Celtics, he literally is Tim Hardaway. They put up the same numbers off the bench and they have the same exact role and they both get like two rebounds and two assists per game. So I think I really do think that's a great comparison. So if you're looking at a guy like Tim Hardaway, are you, is he on your roster? Like maybe he's a fringe guy. If you need like some threes and some scoring, that's what Fournier is. He's nothing else, right? No, I mean, like, Come on, he's, he's, not, he's like the fifth option on the Celtics, though. He's not.
3: I wouldn't say he's a fifth. I'd say. He's he is, absolutely. Probably, he is probably fourth. Big Tatum, Jalen yeah. Brown, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Robert We're Williams. I'm ahead of Marcus Smart and yes, Robert Williams on offense. He's below Marcus Smart on the Celtics. Well, not 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 in the offensive pecking order. Though. Yes, he is. Oh, this, here we go again. <laughs> I don't know. I think Evan Fournier gets buckets. They traded for him for a reason. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. I mean, like coming over to a new system and seeing 30 minutes in all three of your your first three games, that's impressive to me. That's something that I like. And you've been vocal about that with Buddy Hield. Like you like a guy with Buddy Hield has a solid role. Obviously, Buddy Hield puts up a ton of shots um, more than. But he's like
2: the third. He's like the third option, second yeah. or third option of scoring on the Kings. It's it's a little different.
3: Like I don't think Evan Fournier is going to going to have the same. You know impact or usage that he did in, in Orlando, obviously, but I'm a little bit slower to cut bay with them right now, heading into the playoffs, because I kind of want to see what his role turns into in Boston, because I think once that's, he gets his feet under fair. him, he's got some, he's got a good, uh, what's the word? He's got a good foundation with the 30 four? Plus minutes and then the shot attempts. Good floor. Good yeah. floor. That's what I'm saying. That's what
0: I mean, with, set, with seven games over the next two weeks, he he's probably not going to hurt you, right? Like, Mm-mm. I mean, there's going to be some guys that we're going to talk about later on that, I think the debate could be made as whether they're going to provide more stat stuffing potential than Evan Fournier, because, you know, we do know what Evan Fournier is. He's a bucket getter, shoots threes in high volume, but is he going to get those counting stats? Not typically. So, but I think it's a fair argument to be made on both sides.
2: Let's Can I make a quick uh, statement about Brad Stevens, not giving Robert Williams a couple more minutes in last night's game to get him a triple double. The dude had eight assists and nine rebounds in 25 minutes. All Brad Stevens has to do is leave him on the court for a couple more minutes, let the big man eat, and get his triple-double. Most centers aren't getting triple-doubles. I would have loved to see Time Lord get a triple-double.
0: Same. Yeah, Time Lord, has been, Time Lord has been a beast. Absolute beast. I will take my victory lap on that one. Anyway, going to DeMontis Sabonis has an ankle injury. Is this significant enough for the Indiana Pacers, and is there anything that fantasy managers can do to remedy if if demonic bonus isn't on the court
1: from that team uh i mean if you're looking at like the obvious ad from that team uh you, you're not gonna feel good about it but i mean you could pick up dougie mcbuckets uh <laughs> I, I i mean you're not gonna feel great about it right but he's he's gonna get some additional playing time he's been solid this year man get you some scoring some rebounds some threes you're not going to love it, but uh, you could definitely, you know, pick him up. Any of the other guys on on Indiana, uh, they're probably well, um, you know, they're rostered already. You're not going to have a chance to pick them up. So, if you're looking for a guy on that team, he's somebody I would add for sure.
0: Yeah, quick point to that. Just want to double down on Doug McBuckets here. Over his last ten, thirteen points per game, three rebounds, about two assists, shooting fifty-eight percent from the field, two two point three threes, hit seven threes in his last two games. He's actually a pretty good bench ad for you. If you're looking for those types of stats, but much like Fournier, he's not going to do a lot other than shoot threes and and, and get buckets. But I will also note on the Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon was a late scratch with a hip injury and Sumner got the start over him. So there seems to be, I don't know. I think this, you're right. There isn't much value out there for the Pacers um, in terms of pickups, but I think McDermott makes probably the most sense along with TJ McConnell if he's not already rostered. TJ McConnell. Yeah. I think I think this helps take a guy like
2: Sabonis off the floor with his usage. This really helps the guys that are scoring and handling the basketball in Indiana. So when Brogdon's healthy, this helps Brogdon. This helps Karis Levert. This helps TJ McConnell. I don't really know that it does much for Miles Turner, to be honest. You know, he's still getting his minutes regardless. He's not gonna like pick up more minutes because Sabonis a bonus of there. He's not a typical big. So I think it helps those three guys that I mentioned.
3: There's just certain guys, like to your point, Adam, like Miles Turner, Stephen Adams is one, even Time Lord is one, another one, where like they produce a lot of value in nine cat leagues, but teams don't run their offenses through them. So it's like their role isn't going to change because Sabonis is hurt. He's going to, you know, Turner's going to hit a, a three off of a pick and roll and he's going to block five shots a game. That's what you're going to get from him every single night.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And so we got another injury of significance here. Josh Hart has a torn UCL, so he's going to be probably out for the season here. What does this mean for those other guys, though? You know, Lonzo Ball's been on the shelf for a while. I think we all know who our favorite waiver, wire, one of our favorite waiver pickups will be, and that's Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But I know Mr. Koffler has a guy, a rookie, that's also on the come up. What do you think that this does for Kira Lewis Jr.?
2: Kira Lewis Jr., Dropped a career-high
0: 21 points
2: off the bench on Friday night against a very shorthanded Hawks squad. The Pelicans are a very interesting use case here down the stretch. They're sort of out of the playoffs. You know, maybe, I think they're like four or five games back. And in the West, that's going to be really tough. So who's to say that, that Lonzo, Zion, and Brandon Ingram are going to play a full set of games here down the stretch, right? So the Pelicans are going to want to see what they have in, in some of their young guys. And I think those young guys that we're looking at are Kira Lewis jr. And like you said, Nikhil Alexander Walker, there's no, and also like Eric Bledsoe, there's no way he's going to see, you know, high usage down the stretch. Right. It's just not going to happen. Like I, if I'm looking for upside, it's a guy like Kira Lewis jr. And actually uh, shout out to Michael Gallagher uh, on established the run. He posted a screenshot yesterday on Twitter that had him dropping John Wall and picking up Keira Lewis Jr. Oh. So that's wow. that shows you right there wow. the upside, the upside of Kira Lewis Jr. And potentially as we'll get into the the uh the proposition to drop certain guys that are veterans that are their teams are like out of the playoff race.
3: Did he drop him that wasn't a, a dynasty league, that was just an actual season long league he dropped John Wall in? That was a season long league dropped John Wall in. It's
2: and really, I, but it's you know it's it's a it's it's a bold move to make. But what are the, the Rockets are playing for nothing? So so why risk a guy like John Wall who didn't play for two years, who has got knee issues, you know, get him in the game thirty five forty minutes down the stretch every single game? It's it's not worth it.
0: I mean, so. they the rock the Rockets seem plenty content of running Kevin Porter Jr. at the point, so. Uh, and he looks really good and he looks really good he had he had eight dimes in his first in his first start at the point guard position like you got dj they just acquired dj augustine so i mean they're kind of good on point guard so i kind of see the argument for it that's interesting
2: I don't know that I would have been able to drop John Wall for Kyrie Lewis Jr., but but yeah, but takes would, some, that takes some balls. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that, that's, that that's takes tough, some man. right. That takes some Lamelo balls, right? Like if, <laughs> but if if you have Lamelo ball, like what do you do with Lamelo ball if you don't have an IR spot?
1: Yeah, he's
3: dropped.
2: You got it. I, I feel like I, you, yeah,
0: yeah. He's a drop if you don't
1: have should have, an have been IR dropped spot. a while ago. Right, <laughs> but you know he, he he
2: probably wants to come back and play,
0: right? I mean, especially they're in the to, playoff hunt, so I could to get that make... rookie to get that rookie of the year status back up, right? I mean, he's got Tiana Trump potentially helping that.
3: Uh... <laughs> 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 I knew, I knew, was, I knew, I
0: knew was, we were <laughs> going to find a way to fit that in here. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Someone's got to give him some motivation to get back on the court. That, that's the one way to go about it. Yeah. So going to the next injury, Steph Curry. He was out. He missed the game with a tailbone injury. He's Come out publicly saying that it's been bothering him. So this gave Jordan Poole some some additional minutes. Is this somebody we're buying and believing as we get to the 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 final two weeks here of the regular season? Are you picking them up?
1: Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: For sure, dude. Yeah, uh, so 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 I'm so I'm a no, actually. You guys you guys see what happened with the in the Raptors Warriors game last night? Record fifty three point loss. The, the Raptors won by fifty three. Gary Trent Jr. was a plus fifty four at the end of that game. And and the Warriors played 13 guys. And it wasn't like the Warriors played 13 guys because they were, you know, getting blown out. They played, I think, 11 guys in the first quarter. So I'm just, you know, like Nico Mannion played 30 minutes. I'm just not, I can't buy into a team that's going to have a 13-man rotation. I just can't. I like the upside, but...
3: Wouldn't you like to see? Cause I mean, I, I'm interested to see what the team looks like and what the rotation is like. I'm willing to give it a couple more games before making that Jordan poole has been really good uh, offensively. He's been great. Um, he's actually somebody that I've added in a couple of leagues. So I'm, I want to hold on to him for a little bit before, before dropping him, especially if Steph Curry misses time. Cause you all remember what he did when Steph Curry was out. I mean, he's 25 right. points, 26 points, 23 points. I mean, he was on fire. I think so.
2: It's, it's just interesting that you get blown out by the Raptors who have absolutely sucked recently. So I mean, that, that tells you a little, little something.
3: they were also on the second night of a back-to-back. Too on okay. the road, they played in Miami. Tough game. So I, you know, and, you, and Draymond, be, Draymond was a late
2: scratch, too. So that, yeah, you that could that be one hundred
3: percent correct on your your take on this. And and Poole could be one of thirteen guys that Steve Kerr wants to see get some run as we close out the season. But I'm not. I don't know. He's he's kind of like Evan Fournier. I don't want to drop him right now. I want to I want to wait and give it a few more games and see what happens. Dan, who was the Warrior last season that? was getting
2: all the run and, and was a G league player. I can't remember his name now, but he was a similar situation where maybe he was on like a 10 or 10 day contract or something like that. He was the guy he had, he had like the oh. Odell haircut. What was his name?
3: Oh, uh, Kai oh. something. Kai, Kai Bowman. Bowman. Kai Bowman.
2: Yes. Kai Bowman. Bowman was a fantasy stud for a few weeks. He was great. And then just went, and then just poof, went away. That could be great. Jordan Poole.
0: Yeah. Kind of like Juan Toscano Anderson, huh?
1: That's <laughs> who I was wondering about, man. We haven't heard nothing about him, Koffler. What's your thoughts on it? him, man?
0: <laughs> yeah, same thing. The Warriors rotation and the Grizzlies rotation
2: are, are both terrible <laughs> for fan, for fantasy purposes. Absolutely I will terrible. say,
1: I
3: don't know if you watch a lot of Warriors games, but Juan Toscano Anderson, his uh, bench celebrations are very funny. Or, uh,
2: West, Matthews, West Matthews, whenever he hits a three, does like a bow and arrow. Like, yeah. West Matthews, you've been in the league for like 20 years. What are you
0: doing? I feel like <laughs> it looks way better when Jamal Murray does the arrow. Oh, 100 percent. Oh yeah, because he's good. I feel like I get a fantasy alert for, for uh, him leaving the game or going to the locker room like every freaking game, man. Like, that's, that's so true. Needs... <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know this guy's even playing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gordon Hayward left the game with a foot injury. What does this mean? Quite a few players on the on the Hornets, I think, that that could probably be on waivers. Thoughts on? It doesn't sound like it's a significant injury, but thoughts on if there's anybody that you would want to scoop up in lieu of potentially their playoff run, their playoff push and or Gordon's injury.
1: Yeah, dude, if you're if you're looking for somebody to pick up, if Gordon Hayward's injured, it's a guy who's surprisingly still just rostered in 49 percent of leagues, despite being actually really good this year, even with Hayward on the court. This is Miles Bridges. So that's a guy you want to have on your team. Uh, He's been a consistent producer this year. He's going to get even more run, you know, with Hayward out of the lineup if Hayward does miss any times. You know, if you're looking to build a bridge over some troubled water of your fantasy team, this would be the guy that I'm looking to pick up.
2: I thought for sure you were going to call him Golden Gate Bridges. (laughs) I was just – I was was waiting for something like that. But I really think this helps – probably everybody on the Hornets if he misses time. Mm -hmm. And I believe Dr. Jesse Morse from the fantasy doctors said that he could potentially miss one to two weeks.
0: Huh. All right. Well, we'll see when it, uh, you know, we got to get the medical report first, but it's good to get some initial thoughts on uh, the injury analysis. So let's get into some of the guys that, you know, veterans that we're we're cutting bait with. I'll start. I got a question on Twitter. It's actually one of my first ones. I think I'm moving up in the world. Maybe it's an episode ten thing. I don't know, but I f- it feels good to be on the Bernsey handshoe coffer side of things for a change. There you go. There you go. He asked me, uh, what should you do with Kevin Love? He should have been he shouldn't have been on your roster like all season, so yeah, move on. The guy that's uh, been the most frustrating for me is Kobe White. He lost his job to Tomas Stadoransky. I don't think he's getting it back. He's a little bit still playing a little bit hurt. He's a cut guy for me. Um, Just extremely frustrating. But the next guys, or I said the next crew I wanted to talk about are the Sixers. There's a slew of Sixers that have been benefiting with Joel Embiid out of the lineup. And, you know, Seth Curry has been playing a little bit better. He looks like he's, you know, getting healthy from COVID. Shake Milton's been lights out lately. He dropped like 27 points last game with like five threes. And then you got like Danny Green, who's surprisingly been pretty useful and efficient these guys probably all become cut bait, right? Like Joel and the offense runs through Joel and B now that he's back. And, you know, we're looking at the schedule here. Sixers only play six games total in the next two weeks. So what are your thoughts there?
2: Yeah, totally agree.
0: The Sixers have three
2: rosterable guys when they play the smallest schedule in the league the next two weeks. If you're trying to make a playoff push in a a head-to-head league, you need – all the counting stats you can get. So guys like Danny green, these are fringe guys like Danny green, Seth Curry, shake Milton's been really good, but his usage goes down when Joel Embiid's back on the court. Um, so, so, you know, like Dan mentioned earlier in the show roster percentage does not matter anymore. So I don't care if Seth Curry shows a 60 to 70% rostered in your league and a guy like Hamidou Diallo is only 30% or a guy like Teo Maladon's only 25%, those guys need to be rostered over the fringe guys on the Sixers that you know just aren't going to get you those counting stats with only six games.
3: Yeah, and, and I'll say too, to your point, Adam, that's actually really good. It was at this point last season when Christian Wood became a thing, right? Like after the trade deadline, when Andre Drummond was, was sent to Cleveland, Christian Wood emerged, so to your point again Hamadou Diallo guys like that doesn't matter what their rostering percentage is this is their time where bad teams that are tanking are going to give young players chances to to play a lot of minutes get a lot of usage and this is where these guys are going to come up so
1: uh, yeah the, the percentage of the roster does not matter the only guy I'm going to push back on you there is I, I agree with Curry and, and some of those other boys but um I'm not getting rid of Danny Green man um he's been one of those guys that's been really boring really under the radar this season but he's a top 100 guy in nine cat leagues for the entire season um and that includes games where Embiid's been in the lineup uh 2.6 threes uh you know 1.4 steals uh, almost a block a game he gives you he's that solid three and d player that they really needed this year played 29 minutes a game they're gonna keep him out there for his defense for his three point shooting he's not a guy i'm getting rid of unless there's somebody significantly better on the waiver wire um, i mean i understand the upside's not there but for a top 100 player uh you're gonna have to find me somebody really good to to be making that drop i feel if teo,
0: uh, if, if teo maladon is there you're picking him up though right
2: yes so here's so here's a good here's a good kind of thing to to chew on right if you're if you're gunning for a playoff spot if you're in the seventh eighth ninth seed and you you really do need those eight games over those six games next two weeks you might have to you might not have a choice but if you're in first or second by a pretty good margin you're you're on your cruise on your way to a buy absolutely keep danny green and and run with him in the fantasy playoffs right
1: good Mm -hmm. point man yeah and and i think that that's kind of what we should preface everything with what we say is it depends on your league size it depends on where you're at as far as your standings um, and what you need because green's upside is what top 90 top 100 that's his ceiling Mm -hmm. other guys like you mentioned that are going to be on the waiver wire that we're going to get to their upside is way better so if you if you have to take a big swing um, then yeah green is a drop and pick somebody else up Mm -hmm. with higher upside so yeah good point man
3: yeah, if I'm the seventh or eighth seed, I'd rather have Hamidou Diallo over Danny Green, someone like that that has a ton of upside to take me to the playoffs.
2: And then points. on, and then we'll talk about some of these guys that are that are pickups with upside in case some of these you know guys don't come back from injury. For example, if I'm first, second, or third place, that those are the guys I want to stack on my team right now because I, I want that upside if Lonzo Ball never comes back, right? If Gordon hayward never comes back like i I want all those guys on my team if i'm in a comfortable position to make the playoffs right now
0: yeah and i think i mean how much does i mean a lot of this fantasy strategy you know we're getting down to the to the playoff mode it's it's pretty similar right so you know to make that correlation i know you brought up james robinson a couple weeks ago adam but you know, this is similar. If I'm making a run on the playoffs, I want a guy that's, you know, the recency bias matters. Like who's getting the most minutes, who's getting the opportunity. Where is the tide shifting to those are the people that are going to put you over the top, not the guys that are, you know, not to disrespect Danny green, but we know what Danny green is, right? Like he's not going to get you any more than 10. I mean, he'll get you like 10, 10 points, four rebounds, a steal and a block. Like I agreed. Like if you're in a first place position, that's a nice player. That's a nice uh, contributor to have, but if I'm trying to le- win this league, I'm picking up the guys that are going to go off. And I, I definitely see that upside in like a Hamadou Diallo that you mentioned in Detroit that's completely tanking, trying to figure out what they have in their in their youth movement. It's
2: like, look at that first performance from Moses Brown. If you wait until his second performance like that, you're going to be too late. Yeah. Right. So, so, so kudos to Zach for hopping on that bandwagon after that first like 20 and 16 game. Mm. And then, you know, having him... For the stretch run, because he he looks like he looks like a stud, although he he kind of tanked against the Suns, but at <laughs> one point. Uh, that was just a, that was just a blowout. But that actually brings up another. That's a good segue to another point. Let's can we talk about the Thunder for a second? So they've got they've got a couple guys who are big time ads right now, and I talked about this on Twitter Saturday morning. Hail Maladon and Alexei Pokusevsky. I'm not sure if I said that name right. Thank you. Did close enough? Those those two guys still saw over 30 minutes in the game against the Suns in a complete blowout. It's a decimated team without Shagil, just Alexander, uh, Lou Dortz out indefinitely with a concussion. And uh, uh, who's the other guy on the, uh, Al Horford's wrestling now for the entire season. Uh, Darius Baisley's out. So their entire team's out and they're, they're only giving two guys a ton of minutes, regardless of it's a blowout. And that's Poku and Maladon. And they both, they both took, I think Maladon took 18 shots in that game. Poku took 14. Those are the two guys I want on the Thunder. I also want Isaiah Roby. I mean, Moses Brown, we talked about. He's already gone. Uh, Isaiah Roby as well. Those are three guys that need to be added right now before you know it's too late. You're going to see Poku and Maladon just get a ton of run here down the stretch. So somebody asked me if they should cut Steven Adams for Teo Maladon. Yeah. Are you kidding? Easy the answer there. Right? Are you kidding me? Like, it's not even close. Jackson Hayes, Jackson Hayes is actually better than Steven Adams, to be honest with you.
3: Oh, oh boy! He is.
2: Absolutely. from a fantasy perspective, not, or from not, a real-life perspective. Yeah, about to say, yeah, oh, we're actually, talking. Absolutely both. Absolutely both. If you
3: get no, absolutely both. Uh,
2: if you, from if a you give,
3: perspective?
2: yeah, if you give Jackson Hayes thirty-six uh, minutes, he's he's absolutely doing as much as Stephen Adams is doing. He, oh, he I me, vehemently disagree with that.
0: He gives, he gives me JaVale McGee vibes.
3: Jackson Hayes. Jackson yeah. Hayes is athletic, but he can't defend anything.
0: Give him a yeah, yeah. Now, he's the,
3: got a chance and Willie Hernan Gomez played over him, but now they're giving Jackson. No, Jackson Hayes, 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 Jackson
2: Hayes got the, got the start Friday night when Stephen Adams was a late scratch. Jackson and Hayes is, think, is
3: definitely over Willie Hernan Gomez in the pecking order, but I think it's more of like, Hey, let's just try and get our, like, like you said earlier in the pod, like Pelicans probably not going to make the playoffs. Let's try and get exactly, some guys. Right. Yeah, exactly. This
2: is a, this is a, this, this is a fantasy podcast, right? So, you know, Stephen Adams probably brings more basketball, you know, iq and greatness to the pelicans but at this point they are a team that's probably not making the playoffs i could see him being scratched from, from you know more than one game in the future and jackson hayes is going to get those starts
3: fantasy i agree with you Real life, yeah. no no but, uh, uh, yeah yeah maybe
2: not realize but it's, for- this is a this is a, fan, this is a fantasy podcast though right guys
1: I, I wanna I wanna add on to what you were saying about the Thunder, man. I like that Teo Maladine call. Uh, Steven Adams rostered in seventy eight percent of Yahoo leagues right now. I think that number should come down a lot. I agree to your point. I just want to ask you though, can you tell me the similarity between these three people? Novak Djokovic, Nikola Tesla, Alexei Pokusevsky. They're all Serbian. The three greatest Serbians of all time. And I say that without hyperbole. I'm proposing a new nickname for Poku, the Balkan Bomber. Seven threes over his last two games. That's a big it. guy. I'm not, I'm not mad at that.
2: I'm All not right. mad at
1: that either. All right. So that but was I'm it. Still,
2: I, yeah. I'm still disappointed you didn't come up with Golden Gate Bridges.
1: Well, I, I already had Devontae Golden Graham in my arsenal, so I didn't want to add another Golden uh, Charlotte Hornet. That's, That's a, a good classic point.
3: question. How is Mason Plumley less rostered than Steven Adams right now? Ooh, that makes zero sense to me in my brain. Seventy-five so, percent roster in Yahoo leagues is Mason Plumlee and Steven Adams. Is like you said, Zach, seventy-eight percent.
2: So people, the general public holds yeah. on to that, holds on to the past, right? Yep. And it's like there's also there's also a ton of people who just draft and draft and draft and don't keep up with their leagues. That's who is rostering Steven Adams right now. He puts up like six points and four rebounds in a game when everyone's healthy. Like it's terrible. And Mason Plumley does the gamut. He even gets like six assists per a game. He's like a he, Mason Plumlee's like like Nikola Jokic light, honestly, in
1: terms of the production that he puts across the board. A who he learned from man in all all those it. years in Denver. Yeah, absolutely great. love it.
2: Good, great point. Absolutely love it.
1: Plum surprised.
0: Uh, so let's. Uh, so is there any other guys that you got that you fellas are cutting bait on? You know, high, either they're highly rostered. Or, you know, potentially you see some rest opportunities down the stretch. Who else are you cutting bait on that may be still roster on a lot of people's teams?
3: I'll just mention, and I'll have to get into it, but I'm, I've i cut DeLon Wright in most of my leagues that I have him. He hasn't seen twenty more than 23 minutes in any of his games uh, with Sacramento. You know, Adam's talked about it a lot. Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, a lot of options on that offense. And DeLon Wright, not in Detroit anymore. I don't want him on my team.
0: So, I just want to pose one question. What's up with, do you think if D'Angelo Russell returns, what does that mean for Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards? Which one of those it. is cut bait? Is D'Angelo think- Russell, if he doesn't cut, I mean, is, he said he's supposed to be practicing, so he should be returning the next week. If D'Angelo Russell returns, what is that? Yeah, how does that, how does it that looks like, the lineup? Uh
2: It looks like with, uh, it looks like Malik Beasley is the guy that you're going to want to cut bait with based on what he's done in the last few games with. Anthony Edwards, you know, starting Malik Beasley, he's he's, he's had four shooting recently, doesn't put up many other stats other than scoring. And it looks like Anthony Edwards has sort of overtaken him for that role there in Minnesota. If D'Angelo Russell comes back, I really do think the only person I want on that team is Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, Jaden McDaniels has been getting uh, some good run there uh, in Minnesota, but it's such a crowded team. Like if Russell comes back, they got Russell, McDaniels, Rubio, Edwards, Beasley, Okoji, Colbert—they've got so many guys. I mean, they've, they're building something for the future, but not for me in uh, fantasy basketball this season.
3: We just talk about—and I know Adam and I have run up against this on Twitter a lot—but like the love for Tyrese or for Anthony Edwards, his stands on Twitter—it's it, just crazy. Like I tweeted something the other day because I know Anthony Edwards sounded off about RJ Barrett's broke jump shot or something like that. And uh, you know, if you look at the stats, RJ Barrett is shooting six percent better from the field this season than, than Anthony Edwards. And when I was like attacked by multiple people, it's just crazy. He's really good,
0: but he is the, he is the odds on favorite right now for rookie of the year. So I Mm -hmm. guess the hype train is real. um, You want to know that this, for the same reason that Steven Adams is more roster than Mason Plumlee
2: is why people think Anthony Edwards is, a, is the Rookie of the Year with Tyrese Halliburton. I was going to say it's it's the number one over, it's infatuation with the being the number one overall pick as opposed to the 12th overall pick. If Tyrese Halliburton was the number one overall pick, he'd be the favorite for Rookie of the Year this season.
3: Anthony Edwards is real. Like, he's really good. I have a friend who's oh, a, Tim- a Timberwolves fan, and he he's like, what do you think about him? And I, I told him, I think he's real. Like, he's a really good player. Just as far as, like, efficiency goes, like, he's scoring 30 points a game, but he takes, like, 31 shots to get there. Like, great. He's going to, his efficiency will improve you know, as his career, you know, moves on. But Tyrese Halliburton what he is doing, and Adam has pointed this out on Twitter, is not normal. The efficiency for a rookie is not normal. That, the assist the, that he is
2: I don't remember what the assist to turnover ratio is, but it's like really it's like really impressive for a rookie. Yeah. And to shoot forty eight percent at the same time,
0: it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean it is pretty, pretty much something he's pretty the much love. Malcolm he's pretty much Malcolm Brogdon in his rookie season. Yeah. Right?
2: He yeah. actually is. In, in two years, you're going to see him as a Malcolm Brogdon. You're going to see him as an 18.7 assist guy with really good percentages. Like that's, that's his, that's his
3: feeling. Malcolm Brogdon. Points, points per game. Twitter is so annoying because they just oh, like, Oh, yeah. Anthony Edwards, because Tyrese Halliburton doesn't have like a 38 point game or a 34 point game under his belt. So everybody's like, Oh, you know, he's, you know, he's definitely second for rookie of the year, but like, come on. Like there's a lot more to the game of basketball and that impacts winning than than scoring on 30 shots.
0: I mean, so if you had a vote, if you were guys who were in the Voters Association, you had to vote on the award, you would all give it to Tyrese Halliburton. Yes. That's what I'm hearing.
2: I've been been shouting from the rooftops the entire season. I actually called him, I called it that he was going to be the most impactful rookie this season. So for me, that's, you know, I'm hanging my hat on something like that. So I'm, I'm a little bit biased because of that call, right? But I really do. I really do believe he's been more effective than Anthony Edwards.
3: And it would have been Lamelo Ball had he not gotten oh, hurt. True. So no, no question. But Tyrese so actually, Halliburton should yeah. take his place.
0: Yeah, I, I actually think it would be Lamelo Ball. Still, give him my vote. I think at this point, because the I mean the Kings suck; they're garbage. So and why not and, give it to Kevin Porter then? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: If he if he played an entire season, he would be the Rookie of the Year.
3: Is Kevin Porter considered a rookie though?
0: Yeah, I don't know if he counts.
3: Yeah, yeah
2: wasn't
0: played, ben, wasn't
3: Ben
2: Simmons a
0: rookie? Even though he well, Kevin play... Porter played <laughs> last season, Kevin <laughs> Kevin Porter played in a game. Ben Simmons didn't touch. Kevin Porter scored
3: thirty yeah, points yeah. on my Heat last <laughs> year and brought him back from a freaking twenty point deficit, and it made me want to quit my life.
2: That's just brought back so many memories. How many games Embiid and, and Simmons missed at the beginning
0: of their careers? Yeah, it's sad. But I will say, just a surprise stat: Demar DeRozan is currently 6th in the NBA in assist-to-turnover ratio. Pretty impressive. Is, is Tyrese Halliburton number 1? Tyrese yeah. Halliburton is number 19. Still really impressive. No, it's solid. He's, he's right below K- Kavon Looney.
2: Anyway. Kavon Looney averages 0.1 turnovers per game. That's why, right? Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> Honestly, low-key, Kira Lewis Jr., 4th in the NBA. So that's a good upside. I know we mentioned him on the pod earlier today. He doesn't hurt you in turnovers. That's a great thing for a point guard. He's only 3% rostered, Kira Lewis Jr.
2: He is right for the taking. 3% of you are doing the right thing. Not after this podcast.
0: Not after this podcast. Nope. All right. So we're just going to give, you know, to close out this show, we're just going to give a few top waiver priorities that we value in the next couple the next two weeks. I'll start off with mine. My guy is Terrence Mann. This guy's been providing sneaky value for the Clippers. The Clippers play eight games over the next two weeks. Over the last five, the kid's been seeing 30 minutes, averaging close to 15 points per game, seven rebounds, four assists, and less than one turnover per contest, shooting 54% from the field. I love this kid. I think it's clear that Ty Ty Lue is starting to trust him. Lou wills out the way; he's kind of become the low key six man of the Clippers. I like his upside. I'm picking him up where I can.
3: Yeah, can we talk about one guy? I know Adam mentioned him um, earlier in the pod, having a, a plus minus of 55. But Gary Trent has been a guy that we've talked about on this podcast over the last couple of weeks, saying that eh, he's not really worth holding on to, kind of a fringe roster guy. Well, with Kyle Lowry now out seven to ten days with a foot infection, and now Fred Van Fleet leaving the game early with a right hip flexor. Um, there's some value Gary Trent has. And I know if you, if you've been watching his last couple of games, he had 31 points, he had like 26 points, something like that. He's been shooting the lights out. This is a guy, um, that is going to get a ton of usage with these two guards out of the lineup and now Norman Powell out in Portland. So Gary Trent is somebody that I'd be looking to roster. He dropped down to 52%. Um, after the trade, people were like, yeah, I'm going to jump off the Gary Trent train. I would go see if he's available, and I want to mention one more guy really quick, and this is a guy, I can't believe we haven't mentioned his name yet on the pod, Bogdan Bogdanovich has been absolutely incredible from Atlanta, he's 68% rostered, so there might be a hard time to get him, but he's averaging 25, 5, and 6 over his last three games, seeing a ton of usage, he should continue to see all the usage too, with all the injuries, I know Trey Young missed last game, so Bogdan was... Had a ton of, you know, handling the ball. And then Gallinari was out um, as well. And then John Collins is going to be out. So uh, this is a guy that I would definitely go to my my waiver wire right now and take a look and see if he's still there.
2: He's going to be there in 32. He's going to be there in 32% of leagues, apparently. Mm-hmm. So if if one of your leagues is those leagues, go pick him up. Absolutely. So so my guy is a guy who's a little bit less rostered. That's Bean Wade, not to be confused with B. Wade, uh, Burns' boy from back in the day. You know, this guy, uh, this guy's been starting the last few games with Jarrett Allen uh, out indefinitely with a concussion or concussion-like symptoms. Uh, Kevin Love, Dan talked about not interested in rostering him, probably won't play every game down the stretch. Dean Wade has been seeing over 30 minutes a game the last three games. He also has only turned the ball over one time in the last 10 games. He's averaging 0.3 turnovers per game. And actually ha- like does some stuff. Like he scores, he gets assists and, and boards, some defensive stats. Here's a guy who's
1: only six percent
2: rostered who I'm looking to add on my teams right now. Like
1: it. All right. I agree with that, man. Um, and I guess I'll go ahead and close it out then. I'm just going to name a few guys real quick. A guy, a guy that I've been touting for a little while now, Nerland's Noel. Um, you know, We're not seeing Blockinson right now, so Noel is still, he's 57% rostered. He's one of the league's premier blockers. He's going to get you good field goal percentage, rebounds. He's not really a point scorer, but as far as doing the dirty work with the boards, the field goal percentage, the blocks, and some of those categories that are a little bit harder to make up for. I mean, he's, he's nearly 50% available so he's a dude you got to pick up I got a shout out Koffler from last week for Chuma uh, Okiki he's still 47% rostered he's been huge over the last week gonna raise my bud light and toast uh, Dilly Dilly to Hamadilly Hamadou Diallo Uh, we talked about him earlier Uh, Jaden McDaniels on Minnesota, 43% rostered. He has been huge on both ends of the floor, great fantasy pickup. And, you know, I called myself the Keith catcher a few weeks ago. Markeith Morris has been really good scoring and rebounding for the Lakers. A couple of guys that you might want to take a look at in deeper leagues, Uh, Rudy Gay, Mo Bamba, Terrence Mann, Killian Hayes, all guys that I'm going to take a look at if I'm playing in in deeper than 12-team leagues. Yeah, just to touch on –
0: go ahead, Dan. So so one go back, I, I remember last week, someone is supposed to be owing someone an apology if Gorgie Jang went off.
1: Do Moving we on to, to the next segment now. We can go ahead and <laughs> well, He hasn't played yet.
0: Uh, he, played,
2: he played one game and went out with an injury, and now he's out for two weeks.
0: Is it two weeks?
1: That's how old he is, man. <laughs> Sound like a big pile of dang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll eat my words on that one. I like the upside, but <laughs> let, me give, let, me Hancho,
2: let me give let me give Hanshu let me give a little bit of credit though for Daniel Gafford, who was looking fantastic in his permanent production before going down with a bad true. ankle injury. Yeah. So so Hancho was 0 for two, but he was going to be one for two with his Gafford take.
1: Well, you I know also, what? If Dang was you, about to be, he was about to give you those Gafford numbers before he got hurt. That's oh true. my, that's true. That's the information told me. I that. believe Stop it. Yeah. it. Stop. I'm still,
3: it. On, I'm still on the Gorgie Dang train. Burns, what? Like Matt, like I'm not saying you should, add. <laughs> I'm not saying like Adam, like don't Adam, please don't yeah. Adam. But I'm saying like, I, as a real life player, I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's gonna have a good career. He's latches on with the team. Uh, I want to apologize to Isaiah Hartenstein. I know we haven't mentioned him in this pod, but earlier, I think it was like episode one or two. I said he sucked. And, uh, <laughs> while he's not like the best player, uh, I've kind of been impressed with his, his play during the span of this week, he's produced, Semi Mason Plumley numbers in a couple games, maybe one or two games. And I just didn't know he had that in him. So I got to apologize to uh,
0: Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah, we got the team right too this time. It's interesting. Exactly. It's, inter- it's really <laughs> interesting.
2: It's really interesting to see who's actually decent when they get minutes on a bad team, right? Like it's impossible to know if Isaiah Hartenstein's good, uh, you know, in a really good lineup behind a really good center. You know, when he gets, you know, gets some minutes on a bad team, right? Opens up a little bit. Can yeah, I mention one more sure. name
3: really quick? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Zach mentioned it earlier, but Kelly Olenek. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think about Kelly Olenek for Houston?
2: Well, when Christian Woods had a lineup, he's like a stud. Like he's like a 27-7 and
3: seven guy. Where did this come from, though? That's what I'm trying to say. Like, this guy did not play you're like the, this in Miami.
2: Yeah, so you're the, you're the heat guy. So you tell me yeah. about Kelly Olenek, right? Is he, is he good?
3: I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> he sucks on defense. He can't grab rebounds. But all of a sudden, like his first one of his first games with Houston, I see he drops 25 and nine. I'm like, I can't remember the last time he got nine rebounds for the Heat and he goes to Houston and is just grabbing boards. So they have no big net. net. That's that's why he's not next to Bam Adebayo, right?
0: Yeah, true. So it's all this stat on Twitter from uh, a handle prop stars. This guy has tons of great prop bet content. Did you know Kelly Olynyk leads the NBA in two point field goal percentage at 66 for four percent?
2: Get this guy out of here. It's not Rich Sean will, It's not Rashawn Holmes.
0: Is he he's gotta be second, right? <clears throat> I, I guess. I, I gotta, man, I gotta go Holmes to the, the NBA advanced there. stats and yeah. so check that out. I know. But yeah, so that'll that'll close out our show. Check in back with us next week where we'll be going through again with one week left to the NBA to the fantasy NBA playoffs, man. It's gonna be crazy. Two weeks left. Um, check in our Twitter handles. You can find me at, at Dan Titus. Koffler, where are you at? At Adam kofler Still creative. Burns, where can they find you? <laughs> A Burns Hoops. And Zach, take us home. And I'm at
1: Zach the Monster. All
0: right, guys. We'll check with you next week. I'll at you. Peace.